Hi, and welcome to Season 2 of Big Sound Small Town, the podcast that spotlights the talented and diverse musicians in small towns and communities. This season, we're branching out to include the community of people who make it possible for musicians to be able to perform their music. The producers, the recording engineers, the venue owners, and many others. And as always, the small town musicians. Remember, small town doesn't mean small talent. Hear their stories. I met with Jimmy at Hound's Coffee Shop on um, East Marion Street in Shelby, North Carolina in early December of 2019. Little did we know at the time what would lie ahead. Um, Of course, we were here to tell Jimmy's story, but Jimmy said he would also like for it to be a uh, tribute to his late brother, David Wilson. And I think that Jimmy did a really fine job in doing that. Uh, The second music clip on here is Jimmy and uh, David playing together uh, in a version of Jimmy Rehab, I'm sure. Uh, It's um, a really good story. He did a really good job, and uh, I think you should give it a listen. shop on Main Street in Shelby, North Carolina. My guest is Ocean Boulevard guitarist Jimmy Wilson. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. Thank you, sir. Good to be here. So what's going on with Ocean Boulevard these days? We have had an incredible year. We're wrapping it up. We played played last week at a Christmas party. We're playing next uh, this coming Saturday to private Christmas party. Oh, yeah. And uh, did, yeah, yep, that's right. They, um, we were excited about that. Um, played for um, Kings Mountain Cotillion last week at the Gaston Country Club, and we're playing for the uh, Revelers Dance Club at the Cleveland Country Club this weekend, Saturday night. That, yeah. yeah, we've been all over the place. Uh, had a really good year. We've been from Wilmington to Morganton to in our little world of travel. We, we played the new... Uh, the new amphitheater at Forest City, which is fantastic. It's amazing. It is really something. Well, now, all right, let's go with this a minute. Are you guys still totally a beach band, or are we off in a little different Well, that's that's kind of what uh, led me into it, you see. Uh, all of the beach bands, even the Embers and the Catalinas and those guys, they've had to diversify their set lists. Um, I played with Bo in high school. So. Yeah, Bo, he's incredible. Yeah, that's what a what a legend. But uh, but even he's had to change. All, all, yeah, you have to, you have to, uh, you have to diversify because of attrition. I mean, yeah. there was what a, the even in the '40s and in the beginnings of Carolina beach music, you know that 
those those fans they're not here with us anymore and it's transferred down but there's still more people than you think that love that yeah. um how i ended up with them and we'll talk a little bit more about my brother david in a minute but uh um i was uh, friends with friends with i'm friends with louis grigg first and and uh, louis drummer and uh louis and i you know we piled around and uh I ended up, every year for David, we would have a benefit, and I'll get into more of that later, but um, it ended up, uh, we had a situation where we needed someone to play on short notice, and I called Louie, and I said, hey, can you guys help us out here, we're, we need we need a band, and we'll do whatever you want, and he said, let me talk to the guys, and he said, uh, he called me back, and he said, sure, man, we're, we're happy and proud to do it. And I said, you know, we tried to discuss terms, and uh, they did it pro bono, which I argued with them. No, no, we can, we can get you something. No, they wouldn't do it. They said, there's only one condition. I said, what? He said, you got to sit in with us. And I said, oh, no, 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 Louis, I don't, I don't know any beach music. I, he said, oh, we play, we play more than that. We play, we play a lot of, uh, you know, soul rhythm and blues from the 60s. So he said, you'll know most of these songs. So they taught me, I said, well, I do have a volume knob on my guitar. <laughs> so I turned that thing off, you know, and, and uh, so ended up, uh, we played with them and uh, their guitarist time was Bo Beatty. So Bo and I, I got up there and sat in with them and we hit it off. I mean, everybody, we, we sounded good. Just one of those situations like you know, yeah. when you just walk into a situation where you felt comfortable. No, I didn't even hardly, I didn't know hardly any of them except for Louis. Well, and Rod, I knew Rod. Yeah. Uh, the keyboard player Rod Mooney, but uh, uh, we had a great time, and uh, I used my volume knob a couple, a couple of songs. <laughs> uh, a couple of beach music songs, they're harder than any songs I've tried. I mean, with the chord structures, you know, but uh, exactly. So, uh, so as it turns out, um, a few months later, I ran into Tim at the grocery store, and Tim writes are found in partner found him he's our managing partner motion boulevard and since 1983 this man's been around tim's been right there so uh he he said hey are you playing with anybody and i'm like yeah, not not at the moment i was playing with some really cool people but i'm not really right now and he said well bo Beatty, our guitar player bo developed a, a neuropathy in his hand and bo had to quit playing for a while and well, great guy incredible guitarist and I said, well, that's horrible. And he said, well, you know, we got some gigs. And uh, would you mind coming up and just seeing seeing how it worked? Yeah. And so I did, and it's worked out. That's almost five years ago, too. So, yeah, almost five years. Yes, it does. It does. But I'm very fortunate. These guys, you know, uh, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that you'd be playing with Beach Music Man, I might have laughed, you know. And they might have laughed. True, if you oh, said Jimmy yeah. Wilson's going to be playing guitar true, for you, they true. might have no, said, not in a million years. I mean, but truthfully, but, when I found out you were playing with them, I was, I was a little shocked. Yeah, so, but Tim did say, he said, well, we're wanting to diversify our set list a little more. And I said, well, Tim, I'm, I'll, I'll be diverse. <laughs> because, you know, I've I played, you know, rock music mainly for years. But uh, love it, love, the, love our set list, everything we play. It's uh, uh, Phil Loveless is one of the best horn players around. I mean, I've never heard anybody play like Phil. 
and uh, Stan Bumgarner's our singer. And if you've never heard never heard Stan from Cherryville, North Carolina, he is he can really wail. Louie, he keeps the toe tapping and your hands clapping. And uh, Rod, see Rod is our resident musical genius. <laughs> yeah. And so Rod keeps us straight there. Incredible, incredible keyboard player and sings and plays guitar too. Yeah, we 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 play. Uh, for example, Christmas parties. You know, we we'll do an instrumental uh, Christmas song instrumental. Sometimes you'll need to play uh, warm up music, or you know, they want a little dinner music or something like that. We can pipe it in. Sometimes, sometimes uh, we'll play an instrumental. But yeah, we we try to get everybody up and get a little action going on. And they, you know, and once the party gets going. What, what your crowd does is dance. I mean, that's what they do. Then, and these two specific groups we're playing for, that's what they do. So they they welcome. Sometimes, you know, um, it's a little hard to get people up yeah. and going, but uh, but that's okay. We're still playing, yeah, you know, right. just like you do. Well, you know, that's one of those things I learned from a fellow I played with, Louis Letford. He mm. told me if they can't dance, if you can't dance to it, you're out of work because that's what they come to see. That's right. That's and right. We'd do songs, and we'd do them really good, yep. and nobody danced to them. Fine, well, uh, famous everybody knows Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith. Yeah. He he always says your key there is don't bore us, get to the chorus. That's true. That's Play that true. song that everybody can sing, everybody knows, and everybody can dance to. Yeah. If you're gonna do not gonna do that, then you'll have a different crowd. Yeah, you'll have a different crowd. But that, but that's a good crowd. A crowd that comes to dance is a is a yeah. crowd that returns. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we've had a real good real good time, and I I appreciate. Uh, uh, being in that band, I appreciate them letting me be in the band because it keeps me. Uh, as as you get older and things happen in your life, you know you realize that it's uh, it's one of the most important things to me. And I feel lucky to still get to play at my age. Exactly. Well, that's right. It's, it's, it's a good deal. Yep. It's cursed too, but it's um. Hey, it's it's what we do. You want to take it back to the very first time that you decided, hey, maybe I want to play music. Okay, I can do that. Um, and you'll get a kick out of this, I think. So, well, the first music, actually the first music I was exposed to is church music. Of course, you go to church, you're in the choir. My parents both sang in the choir, and, uh, and my grandmother uh, sang in the choir, my grandfather. And then my great aunt, uh, uh, she was the organist and pianist at Double Shoals Baptist Church, all right? And uh, so she had a piano. So when David and I were, my brother David and I were young, uh, we would we were around music all the time. And Aunt Faye, who was the organist pianist, she would play. She would stay with her while our parents went to work. And Aunt Faye would play all the old, you know, spirituals. But she'd play fun stuff too. She had a great sense of humor. So that got as most musicians that I know that. That kind of is the is basis a, and staple is, is, is the gospel and spiritual music. But I can remember what in, seemed to, uh, my earliest memory is watching Buck and Roy every Saturday night. And I remember we had, uh, David and I would stand in front of the television and we had a fireplace in our den and Dad, Mom, they had the popcorn poppers, you know, that looked like a banjo. And then we had the broom. So David and I would stand there and play the popcorn popping thing and the banjo, the broom, like we were playing banjo and guitar. 
and Roy Clark, I mean, that was one of my, I mean, even, you know, when he passed away, a couple of years, so Roy was, was uh, people don't understand what, an, what he was, he was an incredible studio musician, and Buck, and Buck, so, right, right, so, so that was, that was my earliest memory of, of saying, hey, I want to do this. This is something I want to do. Did, did you know then you wanted to be a guitar player? I mean, watching that. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, but I remember my parents. Okay, so talking about family. Okay, so I also had some cousins who were influential. Uh, my mother has two sisters. Uh and her oldest sister, Gail, had two kids, Stephen and Deirdre. And her other sister, Diane, had three kids, Joe, Audra, and Andy. So we never did see Stephen and Deirdre a lot. Um, they lived in Durham. But Stephen and Deirdre, we'd see him at Christmas every year. So as that, but we, hang around, we hung around with Joe and Andy and Audra all the time because they lived in Bowling Springs. So Joe was like my older brother. He was a couple years older than me, and then it was me and Audra the same age, and David was younger than Andy was younger. So we played all the time. But Joe was really musical, and he got into Elvis. Well, so then my dad and mom ordered David and I a K-Tel Records, two, two albums. One was just a K-Tel Elvis knockoff. It just had him on the cover with his... Hawaii, uh, Aloha. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it was Elvis. It was all Elvis on the record. Yeah, it was like maybe ten songs of those K-Tel things that they threw together. And then it was a three-album set called Chuck Berry and Friends, which had a whole one. One album was uh, all Chuck, and then the next album was Little Little Richard the Platters. Uh, so that's what I listened to. That was what I mean. You know, the other kids. I don't know my age. I don't know that they were listening to that. But I loved it, and I and I wore grooves, and I mean I wore the wore the record out listening to it, and I'd stand around and act like I was playing. So, along the same time, Dad, my dad got to playing guitar a little bit. He got a, um, uh, he got a, a knockoff um, Gibson Dove acoustic. It was a, it was it was a copy or something. But anyway, but then he got into it. And he learned how to play. He got the Roy's big guitar book. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And the Chet Atkins learned guitar. Dad learned a bunch of chords, and he got pretty good. So David Niles, he taught us some, a little few things. And um, but then Dad got so good, he got he got Ray Ledford to build him uh, a, a nylon string classical guitar, which which he still has. It's still in his house. Yep, sure is. I'd love for you to see it. He would too. Would you send me a picture of it? I will. I will. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna probably. I might see him tomorrow, and I'll try to take a picture of it. That's another side project I got going on is trying to get pictures of all Ray Leffert's guitars. Well, I can date this. He can tell you probably pretty close to when Ray built it for him. I think it was '76. Okay. I think that was May. I don't think it was any earlier than that, but it might have been. Um, and I think it's around 76, but it's still, it's, uh, you know, and so I got, I never did, I think David might have taken lessons from Ray, but I never did anyway. So, um, it just kind of evolved from there. Uh, David and I, uh, and Joe, Joe was always, Joe Harris is who I'm talking about, my cousin. He, Joe was always the guy that got into the music. 
So we always, you know, since You're he was older. Stuff that well, he, he, had, he had a guitar, and so my other cousins, actually one year, uh, we met them at Christmas, and, and uh, Joe and them had moved to Hickory. I remember that. Sorry, long story. But uh, we were all, I was probably nine years old or something, about the same time we started playing guitar. And our older cousins, they came in from Durham, and they were into Kiss, big time. That's all they talked about, Kiss. Oh, they saw Kiss in Charlotte, and you, and they were a little uh, sanctimony. They, they kind of were older kids, so they... What were you listening to at the time, still Buck and Roy? Buck and Roy, no, Elvis, and uh, Chuck Berry, and Elton John, and uh, at that time, I guess KC and the Sunshine Man was big, you know, stuff like that on the radio, Carpenters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, so... Uh, so what, this is a great departure from that. It was a great departure. Remember my father always said, he, he still to this day says, I knew there was something wrong when you guys took down the posters of Farrah Fawcett and Roger Staubach <laughs> and put up pictures of Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley on <laughs> your wall. Funny, he said, yeah, there's something wrong with you guys. So, <laughs> so we all got into Kiss and we played and we played. and we. I, Dad went and bought us, uh, David and I, an electric guitar, and I think he I think he bought it from Vic Branton, who's still around. If you know Vic, um, he bought it's like a seventy or sixty eight or 70, 70 Fender Mustang, blue with the racing stripe. Okay, so and you know it was just a. I do because Kurt Cobain ended up making them worth money. You know when when the grunge took over because they were really not a great guitar. But uh, but yeah, I've got a picture of it. my mom. Thinks got a picture of it somewhere. But yeah, got got that a silver tone amp with a fuzz uh, wah pedal, which was all I needed right yeah. then. And then he, he we ended up getting a drum kit for us. He got us a drum kit that was a used old Ludwig set that somebody had painted kind of a terrible glossy candy apple red, and then put glitter on top of that. So it was a terrible paint job. Remember the bass drum cover had a picture of Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner, and had Plum Country, P-L-U-M, is the name of it. Was so we for whatever reason that wasn't us, but it, anyway. So that's my dad and mom. They really, they yeah, let us. They they really did. They 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 helped us out. Yeah, and dad even framed in our carport and made us a game room, a pool, a game room type area where we could. Go out there and just blast stuff, and he, oh, he couldn't hear us. So he had to we had to wear with all, so he could do that. That was great. Yeah, that is great. So you could turn it, you could turn it up, and make it. Right, and we did, and so I would just basically I learned guitar, and I would sit around and uh, I remember playing. You know, still we would we'd still air guitar and pretend like we were playing concerts and stuff. So. I guess you did the drop. That's still the drop method during that day where you dropped the needle on the record too. Oh yeah, that's yeah, the only way. I mean, I mean yeah. that's the quickest way anyway. It was the way. Yeah. You know, you I yourself. You, you know, you yeah, yourself yeah. By, by saying, "Yeah, I learned it that way." Well, you know, I have to go buy new needles from Bobby. <laughs> yeah. And Bobby would act like he wanted, you know, made out of. Well, they were made out of yeah, diamonds, were, but but yeah. he acted like they were real, you know, Brazilian yeah. diamonds or something. Yeah, he did. So. But yeah, that's that's the beginnings so, of it. So, when did you decide that hey, we can be in a band? Well, and did, did, did the two of you guys ever play in a band together? David and I, yeah. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about that. We ended up in high school. Joe, we would see him because Joe got into bands in Hickory, and so David and I never really did play together much uh, when we were in our early. 
teens, like, you know, um, so, but we started picking up guitar and I had a couple of friends, I had a, a friend had an incredible record collection and this is now 79, 80, okay? So you start getting into, I was, uh, I listened to, of course, Aerosmith and, uh, and then one day I heard uh, Edward Van Halen. So that was my, oh my goodness. That was your moment. We'll go into yeah, a little bit more there, but still broad musical taste. And Dave and I started plunking around a little bit. So I got in several bands in high school, uh, played with a lot of great guys around Shelby. And then David was younger, he's two years younger than me, so he wasn't quite, you know. Ready for that. Right, so then he got in a band, uh, and when he was in junior high and high school, with Luke Edwards and then Brian Klontz, Rodney Conley, and uh, they had a band called Iron Horse, which was the, they were the talk of the town for a little bit. So, um, get back to where I was going with that. Uh, I wasn't sure, but I always tried to, you know, I knew Joe played in bands, but he, he was always older and cooler. But the first time I ever played in front of people, I can remember that. And I just thought about it. And this is a name, the name just came in my head of somebody I wish that you could have done this for. This um, Went to Shelby Junior High School. And seventh grade, I believe, they had a sock hop, which of course that's dating you too. They called it a sock hop, it wasn't. So it was a, it was a junior high school dance. Somebody thought it was a great idea to get Stan Harden to play for a bunch of seventh graders. And Stan was fabulous, but he was Elvis and all his doo-wop stuff, which was great. Not for a bunch of seventh graders, you know. So there's a bunch of kids at the dance, and I'll never forget. They knew I could play guitar. And uh, they said, Jimmy, go up there and tell him you want to play that guitar. I'm like, no, you don't. it don't work that way, guys. I mean, even seventh grade, I was like, no, no way. So I turned around, I looked back, and they were up there talking to Stan. Well, Stan knew me because he and my granddad drank coffee at Suttles Drug every day. And so (laughs) all these kids and me, and Stan says, Oh, we've got a special surprise for you tonight, kids. Little Jimmy Wilson's going to come up and play some guitar for you. I'm like, holy moly. So there I was. I'm like, okay. I remember exactly what I played because it, I didn't, I'd been playing for a little, little bit and I was fairly accomplished, but not great by any means. And I just remember what am I going to play? So I played the first notes of Sweet Home Alabama and the, pla- the place went, the place went nuts and I only played just the first part of it, the intro of it. And I'm like, oh, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, the girls were oh, yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what you did it for. Yeah. But uh, but I'm like, oh, I get it now. This is, I do this, and they yeah. scream and yell and clap. So the basic, you know, root itself in. And I messed around a little bit more, and Stan was like, okay, give me the guitar back, kid. Get off stage. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was the first time I ever played in front of people, and it took. Then ended up playing, you know, more talent shows, backyard parties, and, uh, lots of good people I played with over the years. When, when did you get a real band? 
So first real band probably was Uh, the first real band I was in was in college, I think. Well, no, I mean, there were some good high school bands and backyard bands. Uh, but the first real band that I got in where all the musicians were, you know, we were all on the same level, was in college. I went to Elon for about a minute. And uh, there were some guys that heard some seniors. I was a freshman. They, some seniors came to my dorm room one night. And like, you know, they, they just busted in the room and said, you play guitar. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Don't don't beat me up, you know. They're like, we need you to come up to the to the uh, orchestra room, and I'm like, okay. So I ended up playing with those guys. I see if I, I guy's name drum. Yeah, these guys busted in my room, and, and they were, of course, big, you know, senior guys. And they're like, we need you to. Maybe they told me to play him something. I guess that's why I played him something. And um, so we met, and we had a band up there. Um, played, you know, a few frat parties and backyard stuff up there. Uh, the name of the band we named it Wild Daddy Cool and the Hubcaps, which is totally <laughs> corny as hell, but it is, but, hey. but hey, we had fun and. Uh, Came back home and started playing with uh, with David and Luke and Rodney and Brian uh, with that band for a little bit. So then uh, played around a little bit, but uh, really I got married and had kids and raised youngins and had three kids and yeah, you had to do that. So um, around uh, 2002, 
uh, first wife and I, we separated. And so that gave you, opened up an opportunity. So David latched on to that because he had been wanting to play for a while. And so uh, that was the beginnings of, of Jimmy Rehab, which yeah. is the name of our band. So uh, we had some friends in, uh, in Winston-Salem. Uh, they had a, a yearly backyard big show in their party and a party in their backyard and uh, they had a band uh, as the Henshaw Greg Henshaw got into a band at, uh, at Chapel Hill with some guys uh, and they were called the Fidgets and they were a big college college rock band they played a lot of parties up in the Triangle area back in the day and they kept on every year once everybody got out and got real jobs and stuff they kept coming back and so that was a good thing David and I got with uh Greg Henshaw and uh, Greg Turi on the drummer, and we hashed up a little bit. And then uh, a couple years later, then David introduced me to the incredible Alan Kieber. Yes, Alan. Alan, uh, yeah. He and was a drummer. He is incredible. And uh, and Dennis Towery and yeah. well, Den- no, Dennis wasn't with us at first because they had a band called Enola Gay, which kind of on the skids. So at first we played with Alan and. Uh, and David and me and Drew and uh, oh, I cannot remember the little kid's name that played with this little bass player. He was only 17, but he was a cool little kid. I'll think of his name later. Uh, we called him. I called him Junebug. Um, anyway, so uh, Drew Stallings played percussion with us too. Drew, he's incredible too. So that established. Um, we didn't have a name for the band. But I broke my finger. I was building a house really pretty bad. I had to have pins in it, and I couldn't play for a while. So David sent an email out to all our buddies. We're trying to get together and have that big yearly party. And said, Jimmy has to go through rehab, and he probably can't play for, you know, six to eight weeks. And one guy emailed back and said, well, Jimmy Rehab sounds like a char- character, character off the Sopranos yeah, or something, and a great name for a band. So we took that. Yeah, and uh, so uh, Alan and David and Drew and Dennis ended up joining us. Yeah, Dennis, 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 incredible voice, yeah. And uh, we we did a bunch of bars and stuff for a long time. So uh, then, unfortunately, that's when David started getting sick. David started having a little bit of trouble walking around 2006, and then of course uh, they didn't want it to. They wanted it to be a, a uh, more of a uh, they didn't want it to be a neuropathy, neuropathy type thing but it was ended up he was diagnosed with ALS so that uh, he played on though David played on I'm going to tell you uh, some stuff I'll share with you I don't have it with me tonight I wish I did but uh, even when David got to where he couldn't move at all Sandy he, he, would, he would make music on his studio He I can't explain it but he was he had a little reflective dot that he would stick to his lip and he could program and make music so yeah so yeah it's very cool so but he played until he couldn't play anymore and yeah and uh, so that ties into the beginning of the of the interview where we talked about the benefits his friends decided um, early on uh, they said we're going to have a benefit for you and he said no 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 you're not going to do it and they said oh yeah we are and so they insisted. He said, well, if you're going to do it, they, they were saying golf tournament. We're going to have a golf tournament because David really liked to play golf. I, I don't. But um, 
they said, we're going to have a golf tournament. And he said, no, if you're going to do a benefit, we're going to do it upright. We're going to have a golf tournament during the day, and then we're going to have a big rock and roll band musical party at night. So we did, uh, for seven years, we had it at the country club, usually, and that's where it was, here in Shelby. And, uh, yeah, we had, we had a few, my cousin Joe, he, yeah. he, he had established a band then and the band's name was Ponder and they're still kind of playing. Joe's gone. Joe passed away. And then the guitarist of that band passed away. It's, I don't want to just turn into a, a sad story, but it's, it's very profound yeah, that these, and that's why you're doing this. It's, yeah, it's it important. Um, but, uh, they came and played. We had, uh, uh, uh I believe Aaron Morrison played, his guys played for us one year. Uh, and then uh, Dennis, Randy Saxon. Randy Saxon would show up at the bars we were playing at sometimes and jump in. Randy was like our, the sixth Beatle type guy. You know how Randy works. But uh, so, uh, yeah. But the first benefit we had, um, it raised a whole heck of a lot of money because David was a respected businessman in Shelby. So David says, he says, look, if we're going to do this going forward, uh, I'm going to help other people who don't have the support group that I did, that I do. So he turned it into a very benevolent pass the gift, and, and he would take people from the community who had, you know, medical maladies, not necessarily ALS because it was rare, but uh, he helped a lot of people. So that and that was just uh, you know so profound and so yeah. so benevolent yeah and so that's the type of guy he was that's what yeah and i told him i said man yep i said david i don't know all this uh all this uh if it were me instead of you you know because we're brother two years apart you wonder why sometimes yeah, yeah. but uh, i said i don't know that that would you know even be something i would think of he said oh yeah he said you he said you're your thought process changes when in, when in your face with something like that. I so. think I could handle it. No, that's what I was telling. Him. I said I'd be I'd be crazy, but yeah. it was terrible. It was horrific, but uh, but he showed us all how we're supposed to be. So, yeah. There's a lot so. to take from that. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's, uh, it's too bad we we're getting his story through you though. Too. Well, that's right, and and uh, it'll live on. So. And I think uh, the people that he helped over the years, too, including all of us, showing all of us, uh, he's got two beautiful daughters who are carrying on. And, and uh, so they're, you know, that's, that's really you know, someone, when you see class, and I just said this recently, I stole it from a TV show, but when you see class, whether it's a thoroughbred horse or a, someone with a lot of class that presents himself, uh, you never forget it. And that, that's so classy. It's such a, such a very uh, correct yeah, thing to do. I, I mean, I know very few people as respected as he was. No, I'm very proud. I mean, that, that is a, um, yep. probably one of the most respected people I know in this Yep, family. yep, absolutely, absolutely. And that turned out, um, he had a you know beautiful funeral. Scott Moss sang at his funeral. Summer Kiever yeah. sang at his funeral, which I forgot to mention. Summer played with us in Jimmy Rehab, and we and we've already talked about how yes. what an incredible voice she has. So. She certainly is. Yeah, it's amazing. She, at that time, was she married to Alan? Yes. 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 They were married. They were married. Yeah, they were. And uh, we, that's why we tried to get her to sing, because right. David's like, have you ever heard Summer sing? I'm like, no. 
can she sing? You know, and yeah, you always yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah. let the wife sing, you know, do this and that. But and she started singing, and, and you know, your mouth just falls open. Oh yeah, yeah it does. I mean, uh, because she <laughs> she's yeah. one of the best singers. Yeah. I mean, that I've heard. Period. Me too. I, I, so, I totally agree. Summer's going to give me some. She's going to give me five dollars if she ever hears this. <laughs> For yeah, for yeah. pumping it up so much. Well, I, I've done the same since she did that that day. Did yeah, show. we talked about the and show. I, yeah, I've, uh, I spread a, a second round of accolades for her. I think because uh, everybody, oh, oh, yeah, summer. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm not worthy enough to sing. But she's happy that. though. She's they got a beautiful son actually, now. And, actually, Lance uh, uh, Watson just told me. Yeah. That, uh, she sang on uh, uh, Dirty Grass Soul. Really? Song that he had written, but, but she sang it with um, Kevin. Kevin well, see, there's a tie-in, too, with Kevin. Kevin and my son, Lee, yeah. uh, they were both were um, in theater at Shelby High School yeah. and went to several plays together. Yeah, well, that, that's actually so, what Kevin... Of course, I knew Kevin's folks. When Kevin did the show, he pretty much told me that, that the reason he's a good front man is from the... From that part of high school. Right. Steve Paget uh, and the theater crew over there, Kathy Bergen, yeah. they took those kids and uh, they ended up uh, having just a superior program. Uh, my son even went to, they even went to nationals. Yeah. We went to, we competed. Oh, it's a fine program. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. yeah. So, but yeah, so that's kind of ties everything back in. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been very fortunate and I'm not. You know, I'm not a. Everybody might assume that. Oh yeah, your your musical taste and musical influences were unusual. Yeah. But I don't. Aside aside from Eddie Van Halen, I don't really listen to any uh, uh, virtuoso guitarist. I, I can. I appreciate all of them. But to me, you got to have that song. You got to have something. You got you, you got to have yeah I mean I can it's, it's impressive to sit and watch somebody just go on and on and playing legato and all that stuff it's impressive but, but you know sometimes it turns into typewriter I mean you might as well watch from clicking on a keyboard I don't mean step on anyone's toes here but every note they know on every song they play mm-hmm. I mean you know well, the guys yeah. And so that's the thing. I always, and when I was young, I always, I remember listening to a rec, song on the record, and then you would get the, like the live album. I love live albums. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you would realize, oh, he didn't play that exactly like the record, and it sounds better. Yeah. So, you know, I like to improvise yeah. and stuff. Some, some, some songs, though, well, you, you have to play it just like the do, record. Or at least the trademark. The trademark parts of, parts of it. You have yeah. to really do that. You can't do we use Keith Richards. Yes. Not the greatest guitar player, no. but the greatest hook. P- pocket. pocket. Yes. Yeah. And his his trademark licks on songs, you have to play them. Right. You have to play I them like that. You can. have to get the tone. Exactly. Because if you don't, it just doesn't it quite just, sound doesn't like it. The mean, case in point is uh, we. I just picked up the guitar this morning to work, make sure I didn't get it wrong. Uh, the guitar solo in 
please come home for Christmas yeah. by the Eagles. Yeah. You got to play that right. You got to play that right because people are expecting it. Song has been heard over and over and over again. So you got to do justice to that. Whether he played exactly right, I don't know. But you got to get close. You can't just go up there and play somebody else. No, and you just can't go up there and run a scale and call it. No, you don't want to run. Yeah, turn it into some have you know some Bach chorus thing. Emulation sometimes is, a, is a, the greatest form of flattery. Right, so right. Sometimes you have to do that. Well, the best. I the, mean, I like to improvise as much as anybody. But there's some things you got to you got to play. And you got to and you got to play it right. And you got to have rhythm. I, do. I don't give guitar lessons anymore. I wasn't well, qualified to do it anyway. But always when I did, uh, <laughs> first thing I'd ask the student was, you know, play a rhythm. You know, yeah. play me a. Play something, and if they if they don't have rhythm, I said you really need another hobby. When you, and I used to when I used to teach. No one wanted to learn the rhythm. No. No one wanted to learn chords and rhythm. They want to learn, they want to learn the, the yeah the yes. eruption. Exactly. They want to learn exactly. stairway. They want to learn something or exactly. sweet child of mine. You know as well as I do. It's not going to work. Real guitarist that is really good. Yeah. They have impeccable rhythm. They do. Right. You listen to it time after time, and if you don't, if you can't get that down then you're not going to be able to play i had a friend growing up in school and bless his heart he knew every single note to every single song and i i don't know i haven't seen him in years but uh he would play and play and you can tell what he's playing but he was playing all the chords he just didn't have any rhythm but he loved music so i never did say anything to him i like it's great singers a lot of times that can't get themselves in on songs, you know. They can't True, yeah. You got you got to get it right. You got to hit the rhythm right. And, I mean, that comes back to rhythm too. You yeah, know, it's like, like I can sing good, but you got to like loop it four times around. Before you you got to get, get do it on the one or do exactly. it on the four, whichever exactly. one you're gonna whichever do. One, yeah, but, but for some reason, like James Brown, you, like, you got to hit that one. <laughs> yeah, you do, yeah, you do. Which is another influence that on uh, unbelievable, but true. Well, all musicians should have James Brown as an influence. Yeah. Yep. Well, Jimmy, I do appreciate you. Thank I know you, man. You're, you're a busy guy, and I appreciate you taking the time to come do this. It's uh, it's. I really wanted to do it. We've talked about this yes, forever, and yeah. uh, I'm glad we got to work it out and do it. Yeah, I'm going to tell you guys get out and see Ocean Boulevard. Um, it'll be worth the time. Yeah, uh, get on our uh, uh, yeah, friend friend us on Facebook. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of these Christmas parties. We're uh, um, next year. We got some things yeah, coming up. Uh, we're gonna try to we're trying to get back in Shelby, uh, some one of the venues that we play around here. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about that. I don't really have anything right. down on in ink oh, yet, yeah, yeah. but uh, we're talking about it. We're gonna get together after this party, and uh, we're playing this weekend, and uh, we're gonna get together and sit you down and. Going back instead. That's part of what we're gonna talk about. I want to go. Uh, there's a guy over here in. Uh, in uh, Dallas, North Carolina, David Ryan, who's a great musician himself, and uh, he's got a great studio in his basement. We've been, done some recording over there, and we're talking about going back. And uh, you know, you got to get everybody together and do it. But uh, we loved it uh, the first time we did it. We got a got a nice recording out of it. But that was when we hadn't been together. I hadn't been with the band very long, and now I think we could really do a really do a nice little markup. So. So we're going to talk about all our future plans, but uh, get on Facebook and find us and and uh, and uh, join up, and you'll get our news feed of whenever we're playing. That sounds good. Well, again, I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you.
Shamalama, baby. Shamalama, ding dong. Into my smile, child. Hey, that is why. That is why. That is why. That is why. You are my shoo doo doo. Yeah.